Welcome to this week's Pastors Podcast. This Welcome. Is Pastor Scott <laughs> with Pastors Matt and Brian. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Everyone has been sufficiently welcomed. Yes. And we are we are we are on to it. We're on. We're on today. We're, we're feeling good. What are we talking about, Scotty? We're talking about we're gonna dive right in so that this, you know, people don't have to listen, they don't have to fast forward. They love 10 the banter though. I've said how many times have I said it? They love the banter. That's what they're here for. Our topic today is our upcoming communion service outdoor sunday evening communion Woo. services we are going to be gathering again are you excited matt no that was i heard the people clapping in the background oh, okay he for those of you not here which is anyone listening he did a round of applause did by we, himself yeah because it, it, oh. it gave the perception that there was different distances so that there was multiple people <laughs> clapping that was the goal did it work well, Did it work? May, may, may. Send your send your responses to Brian at cornerstonewla.org. We'll uh, we'll enter in some some audio effects. I'll try to get some crowd cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh track. Yeah. What we really should be spending our time doing is spending like five hours a week fixing like, it in post. Fixed, yeah, like and adding audio effects and. To be fair, I could use a laugh track for sermons. It would be really helpful for me personally. Just a, just a button. Yeah, just a button. Like, can but you, you need it Demetrius live. Yeah, that? you need it live. Yeah, live. A yeah. live, a live laugh track that we can put behind questionable jokes. <laughs> we could put it. We we could put Demetrius on it. I'm not sure it would help you. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I should have the <laughs> button. Maybe I can have a remote myself. And put it on there. Sounds like a yeah, I started there idea. with you having to remote yourself. Yeah. Although Brian did this last Sunday really, really just was very funny towards me in saying I was so sad and needed to be text messaged. And I got like 50 text messages after Brian said that. So, you know, maybe it's only me that needs this laugh track. I didn't get any. I didn't no, get one, any. no one told anyone no, to text you. No text messages. Oh, I know. But no. Why do you get all the text messages? Are you everybody's favorite pastor? Is that? <laughs> this is like <laughs> this is like when a pastor says, "Let's dive right in," and then tells a story that's completely irrelevant to the whole sermon. <laughs> like, Let's dive right in. Oh, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> what are we talking about, Scott? Communion. Communion, sir. It's our Sunday evening. We're in trouble. If I'm bringing service. us back around. Okay, guys, you're gonna have to do better than that, Brian. He, he, he refuses to say anything until we're back on track. That's what he's doing. Plausible <laughs> <laughs> right. deniability. It's dangerous territory right now. So we're, we're starting on August 16th. We're going to, every other week, have Sunday evening communion services outside in the backyard of the church. Um, now, everybody's not going to fit the same weeks, and so we're going to have to kind of take turns, and that's why we're doing registration. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's just maybe back up a second and talk about why we've pivoted to an outdoor communion service when we were planning on doing a indoor Sunday morning service. There's a lot to balance. I think, you know, I think we're just trying, like we've been said a lot of times, to try and balance all the different changes and, and updates and regulations and priorities that we're trying to value as a church. Mm -hmm. You know, and so um, the government regulations changed. You know, that said that you can't uh, meet indoors anymore. Um, and so that we factor that in and we have an outdoor space um, and we have the ability to do it outdoors. And that, uh, you know, you compare that with or you uh, add that to the fact that it does seem 
like pretty pretty clear that being outdoors is a safer space than indoors in certain ways in terms of transmission. Um, and so you just kind of trying to think about the health of our people, but our need to meet together, um, and the fact that we can do it in a way that checks all those boxes of you know honoring our government and caring for people and being able to be together and take communion. And it seemed like a like a like a great way to move forward. Totally. So so let's talk about. I mean, before we get to some of the other just kind of questions that come up, I think with that like let's talk just a little bit about like what the service is going to be like like what should people expect um would actually would it be helpful if i just answered this well it's gonna be outdoors <laughs> okay one what, what all right so it's gonna be outdoors yeah what, what should people expect when they when they show up I, you actually know all the rules so you would be the ones who <laughs> you'd be the one to answer so my recommendation would be scott answers go ahead scott i i'd love to i'd love for you to take a stab at it and see what happens i i would not <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going to take your temperature. We are going to take your temperature. We're going to yep. we're going to pre so beforehand we're going to pre-registration, right? We're going to register for an email has already gone out. Yep. You should have gotten an email. If you haven't gotten an email, um we don't want you e to come. <laughs> if you haven't gotten an email or don't know how to pre-register yet, email Adam. Adam Vaughn is our new Sunday coordinator. He is adam at cornerstonewla.org. You can get you can get pre-registration information there, but so you pre-register Letting us know, number one, that you want to come, and number two, if there's any particular Sundays you can't be there. Right. And then we're going to, the week of, we will send an email to you saying, you know, this is your week to come, basically. So and you're not registering you to register. for a specific week. No. You're registering saying, these are my available weeks because we don't know how many people are going to want to come, and so we'll have to put you in a position in a week that is available, there's spots available. Exactly, for exactly. So please pre-register, and then we will let you know about whether it's the 16th or the 30th. Hopefully, it'll be one of those two. And if you pay twenty dollars, can you choose your own date, or is that not part of the deal? Not part of the deal. Okay, all right. I wasn't not. sure if there was a there was a special special section. Twenty dollars is way too low. Oh, is it too low? Yeah, okay. for the for our VIP section. Um, <laughs> Can you, you imagine how on a piece of the grass? Yes. How terrible. I'm joking. Just so everyone knows, I'm joking. <laughs> if I had a laugh track, we would have used it there. But that, how terrible would that be? We don't want anything anything like that at all. That, nothing like that at all. That would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. <laughs> it would. Um, so, but then you show up. They'll be just like, you know, getting into the store or anywhere else. You know, we'll, there'll be a socially distanced line. We'll check your temperature, check you in. And then th the goal is that you would bring your own chair or blanket to sit on. Um, if you don't have a chair or blanket, we'll have a few. But Can I ask where the line will be? Is it going to be in the courtyard or in the back parking lot? So I think it's actually going to be on the side of the community building. like Side right, alley? Right here, the side yeah, like, alley. Oh, like, like inside of the out. So yeah, like outside the community building is that little, almost like an outdoor hallway mm. where there's that little retaining wall. And yeah. so we'll be able to go right down there, right to the green space and not have to go through the community building at okay, all. Okay, that's exactly. cool. That's cool. The bring your own, oh, go ahead. So bring your own chairs and blankets. The community building, the bathrooms will be available. Um, hopefully... It, well, they won't be needed. I mean, it, so the service, and then you sit down. They'll be designated. Uh, basically, I think we're going to do cones that are like kind of just give you a rough idea of like how to sit. And the goal will be to have at least ten feet between family. Uh, actually, I, I had mentioned on Sunday we have a six foot section, we have a ten foot section. Uh, that I kind of just came up with that. And afterwards, the our staff here basically said that's dumb. And so. Uh, we're just going to do 10 feet for everybody. Um, we're just, and, and, and so when you're sitting, there'll be plenty of space between households, basically. And so you're saying we shouldn't be winging and making up rules for things on our own? 
without thinking about it ahead of time? I, th- I thought it was a good idea. I And I needed to finish this. I had started the sentence. Oh. And so I needed to finish. The classic Mel syndrome. The sentence. <laughs> I've been told I should finish my sentences, and so I couldn't stop you once just, the yeah. sentence was halfway out. For those the listening at home, like all of you, uh, <laughs> Scott has a problem interrupting himself and not finishing sentences sometimes because he's a verbal processor. So we call that Mel syndrome. Maybe. I, I mean, I grew up in a household where everybody interrupted one another. Right. Maybe that's just how I learned to communicate. But we could just p- – I mean, you can pivot this. And make it because the sentences sometimes are very good. We want to hear the end he of this so he can be the cliffhanger. I know, I know, I noticed that. You could pivot this in, and then he went on to something else. The sentences. It are was really an good. M dash. You can pivot this dash because the sentences are really good. You didn't say dash. because there's no. You call there, him. There's no. You just. Well, that's, that's what, what the, the M dash, the dash, is, dash for. is for. Anyways, so <laughs> so once you now that no one's listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell them the rules. Are you talking that N dashes and M dashes is not quality content? <laughs> riveting. I tell you what, it's riveting in person. I can only imagine. What Copy it's editors the across the world. Oof. Can we can we talk about the Oxford comma while we're on? All right, we're pro Oxford comma. So double double spacing after a period. No, against the rules. <laughs> That's what editors are for to take oh that out gosh. because I can't write without a double Why space after the period. Why does anyone listen to this? So we're gonna. <laughs> after you're sitting down, we're going to have, after everybody's sitting down, we're going to have a 45-minute communion service. It's going to be short. There's going to be music, um, a s- short devotional, and we're going to take communion together. Masks. Masks. We'll be wearing masks the whole time. Uh, the people not preaching. Not during communion. Not during communion. During communion, you will take off your mask, but you won't be singing at that time, right? So you'll take off the mask, take communion, put the mask back on, and finish singing. Is and the on the plan. way in... You're going to have the community elements in these kind of individually wrapped uh, sets. So you can grab – you grab one just yours. No one's, like, passing it out. Yep. Or, we're just kind of trying to do our best to make this simple. So f- to basically, let's just make sure that we get any concern or distraction out of the way in terms of the virus transmission mm-hmm. so we can focus on what we're doing. So let's just make yeah. – we'll make it 10 feet, and we'll do individually wrapped communion things so no one's thinking about that or has to think about that more than they should. They can just come in. And feel comfortable focusing on what we're there to do. Exactly. And I think we're, we're trying to think about all these things now, setting them up so that it's there's as little distraction as possible when we're gathered. Because that's what I'm really looking forward to, the time when we're gathered um, as an opportunity to worship together and, yeah, and it, celebrate uh, together. Will some people be in um, chairs and some people just can picnic or bring like a blanket and, and just picnic or is it preferred that people bring their own individual chairs? Uh, I have no preference over what people are sitting on. Okay. Um, the, the goal is it is preferable that people bring their own something to sit on. Right. Or if they don't care, they can sit on the decomposed granite, the grass or the uh, blacktop. I will also, cause we'll also have seating on the blacktop as well. Um, awesome. So, um, so that's basically that's basically what it'll, what it'll look like. So, with that though, I think a few questions pop up, um, and and I think it'd be helpful just to talk about them and, and answer those here. One of them is why not just do our if we can do this service outside, why not just do our Sunday morning live stream outside and be able to have people there and live stream at the same time. I mean, a lot, it, that would be nice in some ways, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of that came down to the logistics are really hard. Um, 
because live streaming from outside is actually a lot more difficult than live streaming from inside. We're already set up there. We almost have to reinvent the wheel to make that happen. We also have our different language ministries meeting at different times and how to accommodate them outside as well and when to do that. And then on top of it, just realizing that um, it's to, to keep our live stream service the way it is and then bring this on top of it allows us to not have to interrupt or adjust or change the full service that we're able to do via live stream right now while also being able to gather together and celebrate communion together as its own kind of special moment that we have as a church body. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying then, Brian, is that this communion service is not replacing the Sunday morning service. It is in addition to. Correct. Yeah. And we would encourage people that like we want everyone, we want everyone to join together on our live stream every Sunday morning. And this will be, yeah, this is in addition, an additional opportunity um, for people. So why a communion service? Like why communion? Why not just gather together and sing together? Um, yeah, a couple reasons. I mean, one is that we've, uh, we're unable to, um, to put communion into the live stream service that we had planned on, on doing mm-hmm. um, in terms of even if people, people, sh- people no longer be able to come on campus. So like we couldn't do You're it saying that way. We were going to be doing it in person if we were yeah. able to have in-person services in our sanctuary. Yeah. And that was very exciting to me. It was like, cool, we, we get to do that. So the idea was that after that service, the live stream was over, the people there would gather for communion afterwards, and that would be a way that we could uh, redo that. And since we can't do that anymore, this is a way of con- being able to, to essentially stop fasting from communion and gather together as a church body over the course of time to, to do it that way. And so it allows it to be shorter. It allows it to basically meet a lot of other criteria that um, help us do this well. But that's the main reason. Okay. And I, I mean, I think it's really, really, really important that we take communion as a church body. I think it's been five months, almost five months, um, since we have. And it will be more than five months when we get the opportunity to on the 16th. And I think there is um, there's a lot of our understanding of what communion is that needs to be developed to see why it's so important. And I actually I would love to hear I would love to hear you speak a little bit more about that, Brian, about why what is communion and why it's so important and why it's such a priority for us to do it, not just because, oh, the Bible says it and it's good and it's something that we should do, um, and not just the logistics of it too, like the vision of why that's such a powerful and important component of what it means to be in church community together. Communion is one of those things that I think for a lot of us growing up was, uh, for whatever reason, kind of devalued. Um, a lot of that, if you grew up in kind of an evangelical or like a Protestant, um, like, like a Baptist style Protestant uh, denomination or something like that, non-denominational church, uh, communion was something that you were supposed to do, um, but uh, it's not that important because the Catholics think it's really important and we don't agree with them. So it's kind of like we want to make sure you don't think it's too important like they do, where it actually becomes the body and blood of Jesus and, you know, and it kind of imparts these things to you that you couldn't get somewhere else. And then some people also had an experience where it's, it's not actually that important, but like if you take it and uh, in like an unworthy manner, quote unquote, pulling from First Corinthians, which was kind of taken to mean if you take it and you're like sinning a lot, it might kill you. 
So like it's not important, but it might kill you. It's kind of the vibe people got. And so it's just a really hard thing for a lot of people to wrap their brains around because that was the, maybe the most someone got from it, at least a lot of people um, in my experience. And, and so when you look at communion in the Bible and in Christian history, you find it as the centerpiece in many ways of what the church gathered to do. Um, it's there were kind of two uh, foci, like two, two areas of focus for any service. It was the word and it was the supper. And so those, and they were meant to inform each other and bless each other. And, and so the word is like the gospel preached and Jesus Christ proclaimed. And then the, the Lord's table communion was the Lord's gospel symbolized and taken into yourself and, and a kind of interaction with the spiritual presence of Christ. that was a beautiful thing for everyone there and a uniting thing. And so like there's, I could talk for a long time about all the beautiful symbolism of the table and the invitation and the meal and the way it's tied to the Passover and Jesus is the Passover lamb and the way that we, we chew and we deconstruct, we essentially break down, we kill the, these things that we take into ourselves, the body and the blood, mm. and, and that that is a, a, is a, a lived symbol. It's a lived rea- spiritual reality. Like as you, as you bite into the bread you break his body You're breaking and you his body take which was in his blood for you exactly yeah and so like these these are just these aren't just kind of cool add-ons that add a little richness here and there it's not like icing on the cake of a service that would be nice if we could do once in a while if we don't not a big deal it's just sort of like this extra thing we do it's very central hmm. to what the christian experience has been and to what jesus told us to do just do this in remembrance of me like that's that's a command and so to, to, to think of it as a sort of random add-on or something that kind of can add a little bit of extra spiritual juice to your week or something is, is not the right way to think about it. And to think about it as something you really should avoid lest you take it too seriously is probably not the way to think about it. And to think about it as something that might uh, – you better make sure that you're living right. Otherwise, you know, he didn't really invite you to the table or something or he's going to you know, get you. That's not the way to think about it. Mm-hmm. That's not the gospel. And so when you put all these things together, you realize how beautiful this is and how unifying it is as the family table. Hmm. It's the place where we come, we gather around the family table with our older brother and the table set up by God, our father, and we partake of the power of the Holy Spirit, um, the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him. So these, these are just really, really beautiful, central, important things that are not just kind of add-ons. Yeah. It's good. Even just that, I mean, there's so, so much more to say, but even just that makes me so excited i mean I, f- I feel like i've been really longing for this in, in this time of fasting really we've been fasting from this um, i'm really looking forward to celebrating that together um so now but it some people aren't still aren't going to be able to come and so if it's so important what why haven't we just been telling people to do it in their family rooms right or, and why aren't we just you know making a video and instructing people on how to you know do it with things in their fridge um yeah. what why well, especially because yeah. i said that we were well like <laughs> like hey, in one of the earlier rem- podcasts nobody remembers that <laughs> well less someone well, does somebody does yeah i was straight up wrong <laughs> no um, no i don't think um i don't think we can be held to the things we say in this podcast i've <laughs> i've operated i've operated with that assumption the whole way yeah. so if i was right hold me to it yeah, if yeah. i was wrong that wasn't clearly wasn't what i meant exactly so, I mean, yeah, when we first thought about this, mm-hmm. um, and I hadn't thought it through very much, I was kind of just using my reactions in some ways to gauge how we'd move forward. Um, I, I, I grouped the supper in with things like singing, where the, the emphasis on singing in scripture 
Not that it can't do anything for you personally and individually, but the emphasis is on singing together, you know, on admonishing one another and teaching one another with, you know, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, like it says in Colossians 3. Mm. And, and so the idea is like, well, if we can't do that, then why are we singing? And my reaction was then, and it is now, because there's a way that singing is not constrained to that. There's a way that there's a togetherness that we can have across space that is still true. There's a way that we can consider ourselves as doing it together. And there's a way that singing isn't just so localized that way in scripture where it really doesn't make sense to do apart from that. Mm -hmm. um, and so singing became almost like a, a declaration that we are together though we're apart. And, and, that, and so I took that same uh, mentality to the Lord's Supper and said, well, we can do the same thing. We're not in the same space. It's a declaration that we're together though we are apart. And while that, that is compelling, um, and, I, and I wouldn't necessarily say if someone went that direction, they're like unbiblical, and I, mean, I wanna leave a lot of room for Christian freedom and wisdom here. The more I thought about it, and then the more I brought us and the other elders into the conversation, the more I realized that communion is a different thing than singing. Um, because of what it's meant to be and what it's meant to symbolize, um, it's, it's not like singing is something that, that encourages us and it can encourage others. And that's kind of how it works. The table is built on us being together. Um, and in a lot of ways, the, that heavy emphasis is on it's a family meal. We're not doing this individually, which is another thing that people have been taught for a long time is that you take the elements and then you just kind of sit and, and close your eyes and think about yourself and your personal relationship with Jesus, which isn't wrong to do. It's not like sinful to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's the, the emphasis on the Lord's table is the disciples and the future church coming together to do this as a family. And so that's why Paul in 1 Corinthians says, you know, when you gather, like you do this sort of a thing. Why he's, you don't see these evidences of them just sort of like doing it at home when they want a shot of encouragement. And so the idea of us having a season of fasting from that and having that function in the same way as fasting does in other parts of the Christian life, where it helps us focus in, we take away a step away from something that's genuinely good to help us focus, to help us pray, to help us realize it's good and genuine importance in our life and us to then look forward to when we can do it again is in some, I mean, I could talk a lot about this, but that seemed much more compelling. And so the idea that we can now, after a season of fasting, come together and really have a renewed appreciation, uh, sense of worship, sense of together, like all the things communion is supposed to do are going to be highlighted and set in relief by the fact that we weren't able to do it for so long. Mm -hmm. And that to me is beautiful and wonderful and also in some ways reminds us of what communion was always supposed to focus us on, which is not just this communion, but that communion. The, the, this, is, this is the, I mean, Jesus says this is the last time, you know, I'll drink of the vine, the fruit of the vine, until essentially the second coming, until the new heavens and the new earth. There's going to be a much better communion one day. And so there are times when I think, well, if we could gather, it doesn't make any sense to fast. Um, in this unique season and situation, it seemed like a really unique opportunity to fast and protect what I think communion uh, means and can mean and should mean so that when we do it again, we're able to carry those meanings in and celebrate uh, in a way that's indicative and maybe a shadow of what it's going to be like to celebrate the final communion um, one day you know, far from now or maybe close to now. Mm -hmm. Not ten feet apart. Not ten feet. No, <laughs> not ten feet apart. I mean, it's a big table. I think there, but it's a big I, I don't table. know. It depends how much room you like. I don't, I don't know. It's like the, <laughs> the physical so, okay. dimensions. <laughs> those things are not something I feel qualified to speak on. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's mentioned in the Bible how how far apart we are. This is a. It'll be a. It'll be a. Uh, a foretaste. Like it'll be an imperfect 
foretaste like all other imperfect foretastes of what's to come. But I think what you're saying is really compelling to me. A lot of it is related to the fact that communion is about our communion, our union with Christ as individuals, but also as a collective group that we are united with Christ together. And there's something really powerful about about that as the church and, and what that means when we gather together to take communion on the 16th. Absolutely. Or the 30th, if that's when you gather or, yeah. you know, whatever. So, which actually I think also begs the question, what, what about those that don't feel comfortable yet or maybe shouldn't for health reasons gather with us physically? Like, you know, we're, we're not planning on live streaming the communion service so that you can join from home for this exact reason. But I think that there's a segment of our church family that's not going to be able to attend these communion services. Um, what, what about what about them? Like how would we, so how the, we encourage them? Yeah, it, and it's an important point um, that communion, the Lord's Supper, is this is where we do have certain doctrinal differences from you know uh, uh, Roman Catholics. Mm-hmm. We would say that you know skipping communion does not impede your relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and so, if this is the kind of thing, uh, if you're in a situation, I should say, where you either by conscience uh, or by you know health or situation or circumstance um, can't attend or shouldn't attend this service, then you shouldn't attend this service. And you, sh- while it's okay to mourn that, and, mm-hmm. I, and I would say like this is one of the things about this season across the board is that there are things that are going to be not ideal, mm-hmm. um, and it, we're going to have to mourn those things. And so you, I think it's perfectly okay to be like, this isn't great. And I wish it was different and to mourn that. And we mourn it with you. Mm. We miss you. We love you to death. I wish you could be here. I wish this wasn't happening. Mm. Like that would be, and we, we, we grieve, we mourn it with you. Um, but that doesn't mean that you, you should come or need to come mm. or should be unwise to come. It's not uh, a righteous thing to, to be unwise in your pursuit of something spiritual. Mm. That doesn't make all of a sudden make it an okay, like a wise decision. Um, and so you need to search your conscience and take good counsel and do all the things the Bible says uh, makes for wisdom to choose how you want to proceed with this and know that we love you. We're praying for you. And there will come a day when you will join us again here or there. And that's true for all of us. Mm. There will be a last communion for every single one of us Mm. that we're all going to be a part of a final consummating communion. And so you will not miss out on communion on the Lord's table. Um, You will have it. And I think that's something that's worth meditating on too. And helps you take full advantage of the fasting in this time when, for whatever reason or other, providence has you in a place where you can't attend right now. So, what what about like, I mean, and, uh, we we haven't talked much about this, but wh- what about if this does continue and drags on and longer and longer, and and people feel like they they desire to take communion somehow with the body, um, but aren't able to join the, a large group like this? Like, are there other contexts where it might make sense to take communion um, other than like a, you know, official church service with, you know, over a hundred people? There are. I, and, and again, like there's, there's, this isn't like a case law situation yeah. where you go to the Bible and find precedent, you know, and like figure out, cause this is an unprecedented situation mm-hmm. and that's not how the Bible always, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being wise, trying to navigate, what does it look like to, uh, to uphold what the Lord's table is, Mm. um, and also navigate 
this unique situation is going to be, you know, I mean, Matt says it a lot and I say it a lot. Just pray for us. <laughs> like mm. Pray for wisdom. Um, and I, I can see possibilities. I can't promise, mm-hmm. um, but I can see possibilities where we as as elders and as people who are responsible to look at the Bible and say, how do we live this out, you know, in this crazy situation might say, yeah, maybe as uh, maybe there's times when a group of us could go to someone and we could take communion together. Um, maybe mm-hmm. that involves the pastors. Uh, maybe there is a situation where a community group could do it together. Like these are kind of unnavigated uh, waters right now. I mean, a, a community group seems like to me a good context for that to take place. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much on board, but I was, I'm a little gun shy right now because the last time I said something and now I'm undoing it. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, I'm being a little right, extra I'll, careful. I'll say it and then you can correct me and you can correct me. But I, I mean, I, I, I think that w- four months later, Scott's mea culpa. That's right. I mean, but where, where the, uh, we're talking about where the, the church family is gathered. Yeah. Right. And we're talking about communion being something that both manifests our union with Christ not simply as individuals, but as a as a body, right? And so, where it seems to me like where the body, wh- when the body is gathered and how it's gathered, provides an opportunity, and, and you know, depending on what's available and things like that, sure. you may, but that provides an opportunity to worship together, to sing together, to speak psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms songs to one another um and to when you gather for even even like for a meal to enjoy and celebrate the lord's supper together um i, I guess i i guess I, I would at least say this i don't think that's something we would discourage a community like if a community group was like we want to do this like i i would i don't think we'd say no that needs to happen in the place of the local church or with no we wouldn't uh, say it needs to be in a, in a building or like unless a pastor there it doesn't count like we yeah. wouldn't say things like that um one of the one of the things that i know throughout this season has been a part of this conversation is just the question of um of kind of a motivation like um in other words like if you take it as a community group out of convenience only, if that's the major mm. motivator is like, mm. well, hey, we're all together. You know, why like go be with everyone else? Let's just do it here. Let's just do it here. Yeah. And then we get it out of the way or like, or even yeah. if you really value it, you're like, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. just more convenient. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of trying to measure like, is it convenience or is it conscience? Mm. Like, is it convenience or is it like wisdom in terms of health? Like those are all the things I'd, wa- I'd want to navigate. So mm-hmm. what, I, what I don't think we'd say is, you know what, come to our community service or, you know, just do it yourself, like like in yeah. your community group. We wouldn't say that, but we're definitely not going to forbid the idea that if you can't come to this, there's just no other avenue for you. I'm sorry. That's yeah. what it is when you do have an avenue available. Yeah. I, I would also say, so I think that's true, Scotty. I, it seems like the people who maybe wouldn't feel comfortable coming to a service uh-huh. probably wouldn't feel comfortable going to their community group either. So it's possible there's going yeah. to be a group of people, and if you, yeah. if you're one of them, we'll we'll be thinking through that in the future. We'll be there's ideas that Brian has that we have together that maybe would fa- help facilitate this for you, um, but we're not there yet, and it's something to consider. I j- I'm just thinking about people maybe who really shouldn't be in person with community groups either. Yeah, totally, and something to consider there. Totally, yeah. and and I think that. The long and short of it is, if you're struggling with that, if you can't come and it's that's hard for you, 
like we, we want to talk with you about absolutely it. we want to yeah, work something out us. with you so like please 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 reach out like you we're, we're your pastors like that's this is what we want to figure out together and we want to figure out something for you because we love you and care for you um and also recognize that this this is been a time of varying fasting from this for all of us um and so but that's also why we're not just going to do the most convenient thing and like throw it up on a live stream mm-hmm. right that's why we're not just going to say hey grab what's in your fridge and join us on tv because we think there as we seek to do this in a um, worthy manner uh, we feel like the church gathered is a is an important part of mm-hmm. that so, okay. So with that, and I, I think actually maybe those those differences and those dynamics that that we're nav- I mean, we're still navigating yeah. as pastors together, particularly in the midst of this moment. In the midst of this moment, where everything is constantly changing, where there's all sorts of different things going on, where there's a lot of like wisdom decisions and a lot of different levels of fear and concern, and a lot of different information coming from all sorts of different places and, and changing guidelines in this context different churches are making different decisions about communion about gathering about all the different things that a lot of the things we've talked about um how how should we think about that like how should we i mean maybe just as a kind of a last i know that's a big question but like a, a a last guy i do want to talk a little bit about how we should think about the differences the different ways the different decisions churches make like should everyone just attend the church that fits their preferences like go to you know what what feels most comfortable what what kind of aligns with you like just go do that um how do we how and how should we think about the different ways the different local churches even different local churches in our city you know some are are are, have gone to house church you know meet in your community groups and we'll do this virtually till the end of the year and we're just what we're gonna do some are gathering physically now for everything and and i think it's important to uh push back against the governmental guidelines uh, we're obviously making the decisions we're making so how how do, how do we think about we that? normally what we do is we judge those other churches with <laughs> harsh criticism and kind of tear them down tons of sarcasm yeah that's that's our solution um uh, so i here's what i would say uh obviously that's not true obviously there is a lot of unprecedentedness in this time in the sense of uh, uh how people respond and how people make different decisions um I, I think i've said this before i think it's true on an individual basis and i think it's true as we think about other churches i think this needs to be a season where we give a lot of grace to churches and the way that they approach situations. I think we should assume the best and assume the best of their intentions, assume the best of um, uh, them trying to figure out what serves the people in the church well. Um, I've had people in my life who, who have said things like, I, you know, I really like um, the way your church does things better than my church. And so, um, I, and a lot of the time what I respond with is I think you should have a lot of grace for your pastors because it's a hard season and we've struggled a lot and we've had a lot of difficult decisions to make along the way. And I don't, um, I don't hold it against anybody for the decisions that they've made along mm-hmm. the way, especially in other churches as we've tried to navigate this complicated situation. Um, I think there are some times when churches make decisions that feel unwise to me. I think like a full 100% opening 
without any sort of distancing or any guidelines at all feels like an unwise decision at this moment, personally. I think that um, I'm glad that our church is not doing that. I think there's reasons why it's happening in certain churches, and I understand those reasons. Mm -hmm. I don't begrudge those people for making those decisions. Um, I think um, we're making different decisions on purpose, mm -hmm. and um, that's how I think about that, and that's how I think we should think about other churches and their their decisions. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't touch the preference thing and, and just going to different churches that have your own preferences. But I think that in this season, I think um, there's a reality of the fact that we should have a lot of grace for other churches in the decisions that they make. One of the things, and I think this is uh, true across uh, issues. It's not just this. It's kind of something that we could use probably a refresher, all of us, um, on across a lot of parts of the church, um, at least in my church experience, uh, not our church, but the church at, at, at large, is just the, the question of conscience and freedom mm. and the difference between something being um, questions of wisdom and questions of sin uh, and like the ability to, to come to different reasoned conclusions and not therefore be like worse Christians or not Christians <laughs> or better Christians. And I think this is a great example of that. Like Matt's absolutely right. Look, like everyone's I think people are trying their best and and pastors are trying their best and all of us are failing in different ways. Um, and that's going to be true in this season and in all the subsequent seasons. And we need to show each other grace and not start looking at each other and saying, well, if you don't see perfectly eye to eye with me on this wisdom issue, you're like not as good of a Christian as me, mm. or you're not really committed to God like I am, or you're legalistic and I'm not, or you, I mean, you know, there's all these different ways that you can slice this, but that's true in a lot of other areas right now when we are isolated, when we are all thinking about this season and the issues that are involved and the issues that are involved across, you know, like it's a political season, like all these things where all of a sudden issues that are supposed to be wisdom issues um, that are important and you should be wise about and you can talk and argue and think through aren't supposed to be litmus tests for how good of a Christian you are or whether or not you can worship together. Mm. And that's the part where I go, okay, it, if you have, there's reasons where I can see where it makes sense for someone to uh, be motivated to visit a church that's not theirs mm -hmm. and maybe attend. I mean, some of our people are living in a different part of the state right now or of the country. And if they want to like not do our live stream, but go to a local church for a season that happens to be open, I'm not going to tell them that's a horrible idea. Mm. It's a wisdom decision. We can help you work through it. You know, like, we'll, we'll try and figure it out together. But OK, that makes sense. If you're looking around going like, well, you know, the um, this church is open and that means that they get it and my church doesn't. And so now I have to go there because they're a better they're better Christians there. I start going, okay, well, ah, that's, that's tougher. Like that's mm. not, I think that's the wrong way to do this. Um, and so I think our motivations become important. And if you, if you want to say, look on balance, I feel like I'd really like to attend this for a little bit. We can talk, you know, I'd love to talk. This should be a conversation we're having, not something yeah. we're all deciding on our own also. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the, the issue that this is an area of Christian freedom, um, it's a question of wisdom and not a question of sin and not sin or of good Christians and bad Christians. Um, I, I want to really, really emphasize that and make sure that we can begin to catch that in our thinking because it's in the water to assess mm. every decision other Christians or the churches make and then judge them for that based on what we think good Christians ought to do. And that becomes a line that, that is a litmus test for good and bad, for mm -hmm. you know Christian and not really Christian. 
And that's, I think it's really dangerous for unity. There's lots of reasons why that's bad. And, and I, I think at the same time, that doesn't preclude us from saying there's reasons why we're doing what we're doing. Exactly. So w- there are reasons why we're doing what we're doing. We're intentional and thoughtful about how we're doing them. And we've come to these conclusions, but that doesn't mean we think we've nailed it, right? Like we don't, right. we're not like, oh, we've done this perfectly along the way. And any church who doesn't do what we're doing is not faithful. Yeah. And and I think that's what you're saying. And I think that's a really helpful, a helpful perspective, right? Yeah. I think, I think it's so helpful because I think that we all need a general, a dose of that generally. We've talked about that over and over, especially right now. And particularly among brothers and sisters in Christ, um, particularly among brothers and sisters in Christ that are also trying to navigate um, a, a lot of really uh, difficult and competing and confusing um, variables and dynamics and biblical principles, as we've talked about before, um, I think it's really important to give one another a significant amount of grace. And, and we, we ask you, you even as our people, to give us grace in that as well. We're, and we're not we're making the choices we're making because we, as your elders together, as your pastors together, are seeking the Lord and praying and seeking, trying to figure out what is best for our church family. Um, and it requires a lot of wisdom. It requires more wisdom than we have, naturally. Um, we're thankful for your prayers for that. And we just ask that you would continue to pray for our wisdom. And, and to whatever extent you have difficulty with that to whatever extent that's that's hard for you or maybe it's changing that again just just talk to us like we we want to talk to you about these things uh we want to walk through these things together and maybe even especially because we're apart from one another physically uh, we we want to engage together and and walk this journey together i mean and not only if you're just having trouble with that but i also just want to reiterate we've been saying it over and over but i think now at the end of the summer coming towards the end of the summer, you know, for families, school starting back up is, is, is in view. For those of you who are struggling, not just with like our decision, but those of you who are struggling maybe emotionally, maybe you're having a particularly hard time right now. Maybe things have just weighed up and weighed up and weighed up and, and you're really struggling. Maybe you're struggling financially and you're hurting and maybe things were okay for a few months, but now they're not. Like, I just want to reiterate again, please let us know. Talk, talk to your community group. Talk to your community group leaders. Talk to any of us pastors. Uh, we, we want to know. We want to know so we can pray for you. We want to know so that we can help you. We, we're in this together as a family. And I know especially, I mean, it's been four and a half months since we've been all been together physically. And so I think the sense of that can fade in some really significant ways. And so we want to reiterate the the reality that even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, we we are a family, and we want to to walk through this as a family. So whatever we can do to help you, um, please let us know and know that we're continuing to pray for you. So thanks for listening, thanks for your time, and we'll see you virtually on Sunday, and we'll see some of you in a few weeks. <laughs>